0: I'm Katherine Spearing, and this is Uncertain. Yes, it's an episode about abuse and the cultish upbringing of the stay-at-home-daughter movement, also known as the Christian patriarchy movement. But you might find yourself laughing along with us at the absurdities of the things we once believed. Grab a cup of coffee and settle in. In this episode, we discuss how God and the Bible were used to control our behavior the information we received from the outside world, what thoughts were good and what thoughts were bad, as well as what emotions we could and could not have. Listen, it feels really good to spend time with and laugh with people who get it, who just understand your story, where you came from, because they've been there too. I want every survivor to have this experience, so I really encourage you to come to the Tears of Eden Retreat Con in October. It is going to be a place that is facilitated for creating storytelling and building community and hopefully lots of laughs too. So you can find out more information about that with the link in the show notes. We hope to see you there. I'd like to take a moment to share about a new community I learned about called Through. Through is a six-week cohort that helps survivors of spiritual abuse and religious trauma find a safe community of fellow survivors and a place to discover practical tools to continue wrestling with their faith. This cohort draws in the work of KJ Ramsey, Andy Kolber, Mike Brown, and many others. Participants will get access to over four and a half hours of video lessons and meet together in virtual cohort calls over six weeks. The through cohort begins in early February and registration is open. Now click the affiliate link in the show notes to find out more information and use the code uncertain for 15% off today. Kate West is a writer and editor in Grand Rapids, Michigan with publications in the reveler religion, dispatches fourth genre and Hawaii Pacific review among others. She serves on the editorial board of Tears of Eden and her forthcoming memoir on Escaping the Christian Patriarchy Movement will be published in 2024. Hey everybody, I'm here with my friend, Kate West. And we are gonna talk about the the BITE model. And BITE stands for behavior control, information control, thought control, emotional control. And both Kate and I have very real experiences of this in our cults slash families of origin that we grew up in and so I want I want to have you introduce yourself in just a second but I want to share my favorite memory with you Uh (laughs) so first time that we we had been interacting on like Instagram and we talked on the phone of few times. And I think we did a class together through Tears of Eden. And so our first time for probably, I mean, maybe like two years, probably before we met in person at a conference Mm -hmm. in Chicago. And it was so, so, so fun to to see you in person, see a lot of people that I had been interacting with over social media for a while. And we were out having drinks late at night (laughs) and we started telling our story to this other mutual friend of ours and and we're telling our stories and we are laughing like we are telling these very <laughs> horrific abuse situations that are not okay and not funny but we were just laughing and the person that we're telling the story to eyes wide super wide eyes and I'm like Is, are they wide-eyed because of the nature of the stories or the fact that we're laughing about it I don't know <laughs> so but I just remember it feeling like so good to it's like your relief yeah, to like tell these stories like, oh, you get the bizarre, weird, <laughs> just like and we had so many stories that were like very similar, which makes sense because these types of communities attract a certain personality of man. So it makes sense yeah. that our fathers would have been very similar people. But some of the stories were so eerily similar, we started wondering if we like had the same dad and he just had two different <laughs> We were like we actually
1: looked up pictures.
0: <laughs> well, we played with the theory for like fifteen minutes, and then we're like, "Oh, we should access this thing called the internet." <laughs> like googled, googled, and we're like, "Oh, yeah, 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 no, no, no,
1: we're nope, not related. Not really it's, it's
0: fine." But <laughs> <laughs> it was fun to think for like half an hour. Like, oh, like maybe we're actually
1: long lost <laughs> sisters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it was the best. It was the best, best time. And also at that conference, I left one of the one of the talks just pissed at the talk, just like angry, <laughs> and like went out the door. And you came with me, and I'm just like that was bleep 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 And then you're like, I have alcohol in my car, and so <laughs> and so that we went and got took shots. It was great.
1: It was like ten in the morning. It was fine. <laughs> It really
0: was. It was like right early in the morning. Uh, Yeah. So that was a, that was a great, great, great time. Great first meeting. Yeah.
1: Those are my favorite memories too.
0: (laughs) I'll share it at your funeral.
1: Um,
0: Hey. (laughs) Share it at (laughs) mine. All right. So diving in. I would love to just hear a little bit about you, what you do. I love all your work. I love all your things. So so sure way.
1: My name is Kate West. I'm a writer and an editor for my day job, and I volunteer with Tears of Eden on the editorial board, which is fun. That's how I know you now. And I'm writing a book about growing up in the Christian patriarchy movement. So it's, you know, fun times all the time.
0: You're always in it. Always
1: time. in it. Yeah. I try yeah. to take breaks, but...
0: Yes. It is easy to like get wrapped up in it. And mm-hmm. just like, ah, it's still controlling me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I need to like get some separation. That's not my world anymore.
1: I started gardening um, this year. So like, oh, like a hobby that's not related to sweet, trauma. <laughs>
0: sweet. <laughs> yes. Yes. Improv has been that's mm-hmm. my thing except I can't stop like associating it with trauma like oh this would be really good for trauma this is really good for
1: <laughs> yeah right
0: <laughs> I can't stop thinking <laughs> <of that. laughs> but it is fun to just like do something that's just like okay yeah and none of these people know that's what I right. do outside of this so yes mm-hmm. yeah it is it is pretty great all right so we are going to tra- chat about Steve Hassan's bite model, behavior control, information control, thought control, emotional control. And just to keep it super simple, I was thinking we could just go through each one of these and we could each just kind of share a story of how that showed up. And then obviously like we are not disconnected humans. We're not segregated humans. And so all of these things are connected to each other you can't have behavior control without information control you can't have thought control without emotional control yeah they're all kind of so some of the stories will have all elements within them but but yeah I was thinking we just go through one by one how does that sound
1: that sounds good I was thinking the same thing when I was preparing for today and thinking about how like a story I have about behavior control is also kind of like all about information you know so they're all connected in a sense
0: right right and you're not going to have one without the other mm-hmm. of happening yeah right if you're doing one yeah. one type of thing all of the other ones are usually happening as well yeah so let's just start with behavior control how did that show up for you
1: kind of every behavior was control from what music you could listen to to what kind of clothes I wore like my father would take me to the store and help me pick out clothes sometimes, mm-hmm. and you know, make sure it was it followed the modesty rules, whatever those were at the time. That's a big one that stands out. Controlling like who your friends are,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, like not being an individual, not having choices about what you do. It's like everything's about the family or the cult, the like
0: unit and everything kind of. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well. Oh yeah. my gosh, unit, yeah. please, oh That that, that word was used in our church all the time, like the unit, the family unit.
0: Uh Uh-huh.
1: Like little mini cults.
0: Exactly. That's what it is. That is literally what it is. A mini cult. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I know I remember just like one of the I would say one of the family rules or the family mottos of our family, which was it was like one big happy family. Like that was just like that. No one ever said we're one big, happy family. Like, Hmm. I mean, maybe they did, but, but it was just like this implicit, reality that we had to present this image of one big happy family and we had to be like be happy all the time and Mm -hmm. especially if people were watching and like there was every now it was very confusing every now and then you know I was allowed to have you know strong emotions and like oh you're you're a woman and it's like Mm -hmm. period or you know like you know whatever. but in general if I had strong emotion and displayed strong emotion my my character was critiqued and it was like, oh, I had right. that character. Yeah. I wasn't exhibiting the joy of the Lord and I wasn't mm-hmm. presenting this like happy image. But yeah, definitely just like every little thing was like, we were aware like this behavior is good Christian this Mm being a bad Christian. And it just extended to very minute things like you're saying, like our clothing and, and how we introduced ourselves to people. Mm -hmm. And like, it was just very micromanaged what we were expected to be a little.
1: And very gendered, you know, like Mm -hmm. when I started, when I was 24, 25, starting to like, get out, try to get out of my family. I remember my father just he was telling people about how bad I was at doing dishes. Like that behavior was what he picked on. (laughs) Like like she's not doing dishes as much or she's not helping around the house as much. And I think, you know, like as if that was a sign of,
0: as a sign of your rebellion. Yeah. (laughs) And it kind of was.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I, I did do the dishes sometimes. It wasn't like I was being lazy or something. It was just like that, that, manifestation of control in your behavior like mm-hmm.
0: you know just always on yeah always on always yeah.
1: doing, always doing all the
0: things yeah 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 all right so let's move on to information control how did that show up
1: <sighs> information I mean I kind of you know like when we were kids probably didn't have the internet much at all if any and then that was still controlled I mm-hmm. think up until I got a computer when I was like 20, maybe I got my own like laptop. Yeah. So I didn't really have like outside information. Plus like, I think you're both homeschooled, Mm -hmm. you know? So all of our information came from like religious homeschool companies
0: Mm
1: -hmm. or like vision forums. So like all the information we were getting was on this one agenda. Yes. So it was very one story, there's no other options, there's no other ways to live your life. And you don't really have any other stories to contrast that to.
0: Yeah, I remember my dad was an engineer, so technology was a big thing. So we got, you know, the technology as soon as it came out and as soon as it was available. Mm -hmm. We had the dial up computer, (laughs) internet in the in the small little office closet area. And I remember there was this one actress. I cannot remember the name of her name, but I know that she played a lot of doctors and a lot of TV shows. I don't think she's acting anymore. And I just, you know, kinda just like really liked her, you know. Yeah, like I liked this actress. And I remember just like being at the computer. I was probably 15, 16 years old and like looking her up, just like google googling her yeah. and my dad like walked by and saw like this picture of this actress on the on the screen and he was like what are you doing like seriously like it's not porn it's not like like <laughs> <just a> <laughs> like an actress at like a red carpet event that i was like reading about yeah. and uh, he was just like celebrities are not good people to emulate Whoa. should not be reading about not celebrities.
1: edifying <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was like i couldn't even read about a celebrity but yeah there was very like a ton of regulation around movies tv shows mm. uh, gratefully my dad like liked movies and tv so it was same like we weren't allowed to have any access to that yeah but, like sex if there was a sex scene oh not good not good <laughs> one of my favorite movies and this was in my 20s when this happened was mona lisa smile
1: oh i love that movie
0: Oh, I love that movie too. And I and I at the time like really loved the movie, didn't know why I really yeah. loved the movie. Because <laughs> uh, it is all about like female empowerment and and women finding having desires and figuring out what they want. And I remember like it was one of my favorite movies. I bought the DVD. And this this again was in my 20s. So <laughs> I had it and like and then one day, I think I was like folding laundry. And so I like put the DVD in in a in family living room to watch it, like while I'm folding laundry and my father comes in he was like this is a simple movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like because it's all about women's independence yeah but then exactly. I told him I like fast forward and like told like showed him the scene of the girl that chooses not to go to law school <laughs> and stays home and stays and decides and I was like see look it, yeah. like, remote-
1: <laughs> so it promotes
0: stay-at-home moms <laughs>
1: I was very covered. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so. My parents would like mute Viagra commercials because it's just like the idea of anything sexual was wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep. That was definitely one of those words that I Googled. Like, what's Viagra? Yeah. I, what is. Yeah. Uh, I also Googled master, not Googled. I don't think we had Google quite. I didn't, I didn't go to the internet. I went to encyclopedias, whatever the, yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Dictionaries. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and like, like the word masturbation and Mm -hmm. it was a book by Josh Harris. The book was about I, or I didn't even, I don't even know what the book was. I was like one, uh, uh, like a spinoff of the, I like, a sitting goodbye stuff. Okay. And it wasn't, it wasn't the, one of the main books, but we were, I like had the book. I don't know how I got it, but I was like reading it and it was like, oh, Christian book by a Christian person. who promotes, you know, purity, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like reading it and I'm, I'm probably like 17 and we had a family friends over like-minded believers who like, you know, believe the way we did and didn't want their daughters to go to college and all that kind of stuff. And, and the wife or the mother says to my mom do you know that book has masturbation in it <laughs> my mom like snatches it out of oh my and I was like what the what the what and it was just like so embarrassing because I'm like 17 and like just my talked daughter, about
1: it as if a bad thing probably
0: oh yeah totally totally like they don't even want me to know what it is right, like, right. which now I'm like okay Go check out the encyclopedia to like figure like out. It makes something.
1: you more curious.
0: It totally does. And she was totally putting on a show of like, I don't let my daughters read about masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, I'm like super embarrassed because I'm like 17 and my mom is like taking yeah. a book away from me in front of another right. woman. And it was just like, oh my gosh, all, all over this little M word. <laughs>
1: Well, so like, was she like a church lady because she's like helping police you?
0: Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, crazy. The parents, the parents said, "What did we call them?" The parent, it was like the parents' conspiracy group or something. Like all of us teens, like called them that because they were together to like talk about parenting and yeah, regrown kids God's way that they tried to implement on teenagers that just didn't work. So yeah, my goodness. (laughs) Yes, so so. fun times.
1: It's weird when you're in those groups because, like, they really do help each other out with like controlling people. Like, it's a system of like, you can't trust anybody. Right. Like, I went back, we had moved away from the patriarchal church, like, to a different state when I was 18. And I went back to visit some friends there. And I went to church, my old church. And like, one of my friend's dads was in the parking lot. He's like, Is your dad approve of this dress? Like I was alone the- and it was so awkward because I was an adult, you know, was like exactly. 20 years old. And he's wondering if my dad approved my dress for Sunday. And I was like, and it's probably
0: going to be like texting your father. Right.
1: Yeah. It's just so awkward. And
0: yeah. Yeah. You can't, you feel
1: ashamed of your body and as a woman and. You cannot trust anyone,
0: but even just that of like creating that animosity between like parents and kids, but then also suppressing the emotions of the children. Mm -hmm. And so like the animosity is there and then there's no recourse. There's no ability to address it. There's no ability to talk about it. And so either a lot of times the, the adult's the, the children who became adults in that culture have either just completely caved and acu- acquiesced, and have just kind of absorbed everything and remain in it, or it's like a severing, and there's like no connection whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, and it's like that's that's what it leads to: this extreme control, right, to complete just annihilation of their agency, or a complete severing relationship. There's not a we can continue to interact and have discussions and like Mm -hmm. address these things because it's not the way that it's set up to be. It's
1: it's
0: total control of everything.
1: I think that's why I stayed for so long because I saw older, older kids, you know, go through the quote unquote rebellion and get cut off from their families. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I don't want that to happen to me. I don't want to lose my whole world. Yeah. You, know?
0: so you actually saw people get
1: kicked. Yeah. Out, like my, my older brother, we lost contact with him for a while, you know, because he didn't, he, you know, wasn't a Christian anymore or whatever it was my parents said, mm-hmm. but like, you know, it's something we need to pray about, but we don't really interact with, with people yes. who've left.
0: Yes. And this is what happens to, to the bad people, to, mm-hmm. to, to the black sheep. Right. Yeah, yeah. My my sister got my parents stopped talking to her for like eight years after she got married, and it was obvious that a lot of it was like making an example.
1: Yeah, for the younger
0: bias, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: like this is what will happen to you, and it totally backfired. Gratefully, (laughs) yeah, and and at, at that point, I think enough of us had made some separation and had 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 it, it actually became just like evidence of like something's really wrong right and so it actually probably contributed to the severing and the fraction of the family rather than like oh let's circle the wagons better worse it didn't it didn't work but there was always that lingering fear even though it was never like an explicit threat From my parents, there was always like a lingering fear that Mm -hmm. that was going to be the ultimate punishment is that you get separated from the group. And when you Mm -hmm. are conditioned to be so reliant on the group to have that be a threat of something hanging over you, it's terrifying. It's, yeah absolutely terrifying
1: plus like the you know the idea of eternal punishment like on top of that so it's mm-hmm. like you get cut off from your family and from god and like you're gonna be a miserable person outside in the world
0: mm-hmm. like
1: this this big lie of if you're not here with us and following all the rules then you're gonna go to the complete opposite direction and be like the most yeah. miserable person on the planet
0: yeah and i think that this is like totally like what we're talking about is as totally thought control like if this yeah. This reality yeah. of like if you do these things, then these consequences will happen. And it's just like this indoctrination of your mind. And it's really brilliant because <laughs> if you and I thought, and I remember having this thought, I'm like, my my dad didn't just make me afraid of him. He made me afraid of God. Yeah. Like he made me believe that God was on his side. And mm-hmm. if I defied him or disappointed him, I was def- disappointing and defying God. And yeah. it just it led to just panic and fear and just like, you know, walking on eggshells and like, oh, what if I mess up? And like it, and it's a genius because it just like mm-hmm. it keeps you. You know, you don't want to defy God, right? <laughs> it's yeah, like all powerful being, and God said it. I didn't say it. I'm the dad. Like I didn't. <laughs> God said it. Like I'm like,
1: like representative. I'm,
0: exactly. Exactly. It's just it's genius, and yeah. I mean it's the it's the mo of every cult leader. Of it's a higher power is sanctioning me. A higher power okay. is, is giving me these answers. I have this. Special knowledge that other people do not have. That was that was totally my dad. Just very much like special connection, special, yeah. yeah. And like other people just weren't listening to God accurately because if they were, then they would be doing the same thing. Right. That was it. Was powerful.
1: If if like children left the church or these patriarchal families, we would pray for them to have bad experiences. Mm-hmm. so that they would come back. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, that's like the worst way to get someone to want to come back. <laughs> so so it's so vind- motivated by fear. And it's so vindictive, like yeah. praying for your family members to just suffer so that they can be saved. It's really twisted.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got kicked out of the house when I was like 20 because I took a job without my dad's permission. And it really was like a power thing. Like that was the issue. I did it without asking him. And I just remember the, my mentality at the time was like, I am 24 years old. I do not have to ask my dad permission for a part-time job. And, and so I got kicked out of the house and, and for whatever reason, it was wintertime, there was ice on the road. I had a car accident, like, during that time. And I got an email from my mom of like, looks like the Lord's trying to teach you something. Oh my gosh. Like like of all of the anxiety and the, the just everything else that I was dealing with to have my mother, like claim that as an act of God that I got in a car accident. And like, I don't, I mean, and it, it worked in like this, like Maybe God is telling me I'm doing the wrong thing a little bit. Like it definitely made me like question, but there was also just this like, I should not have to ask my dad for <laughs> a part time job. Like I should not have to ask my dad. Yeah, I am 24. I should not have to ask my dad. I'm just like, this is not okay. This is yeah. not okay. But I was powerful, man. Like that email like messed me. Yeah, to uh, just. Yeah, it was intense. So anything other like specific, like thought control examples?
1: I mean, did you ever feel like really guilty for your thoughts? I felt like I, I developed like just like this repetitive praying, ritualistic, like constantly afraid of what I was thinking that Mm -hmm. my thoughts were sinful and like condemning me to hell. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I was constantly praying to ask God to forgive me for that. Mm -hmm just like your own thoughts, like you're told your heart is deceitful and you can't trust yourself and you're evil at the core, like really dark language. Like my father's, one of his favorite phrases, like you're a dirty, rotten sinner. Right. And it's just like, you get that in your head from the top, from before you can remember that's part of your identity. And then you start doubting everything you think. And then the minute you have a question, it's like, Oh my goodness. I shouldn't have like thought about that question. Mm
0: -hmm. And you just almost like an OCD, like
1: well, literally it's literally OCD. Yeah. I, I literally have been diagnosed with OCD and my therapist has told me like religious, religious OCD or scrupulosity is a real thing where like, you're trying to get to this place of like,
0: take every thought captive, but it's like, just obsessive
1: yeah it's very it's very frustrating to be in that place you Mm -hmm. know especially like you can't control your thoughts like that like the world is trying to control your thoughts that you're you're in the patriarchal world but then you're like how do I do that besides like just not thinking which
0: right 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 or just like immersing yourself in like good things Mm -hmm. you know like my dad's the Bill Gothard analogy of like you know the, the the counterfeit dollar, and if you like the way to learn uh, if a dollar is counterfeit is to handle real money and like always oh, just like just like handle like real act you know actual money, and so then when you feel a counterfeit dollar, you know that it's not real because you've been feeling the counterfeit. So it's just like immerse yourself in like the good, things, yeah, the wholesome things. the The Bible, which is also like a really, really like there's a lot of shit in the Bible, so. <laughs> <laughs> read the bible and I'm like and there's someone who gets raped and then like cut into yeah. pieces and yeah like, there's like women getting raped all the time and then there's men getting raped and there's like you know like there's like pretty intense early stuff in the bible that's like I don't know if my dad knows this is in here
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah like you're required to read it every day I was, like, I was at least like 30 minutes yes. a day reading the old testament I'm like these are things that children shouldn't know about when they're years old <laughs> No, cause it messes with you.
0: Cause yeah. you're like, this is like this inspired word of God. And then yeah. it's like so violent and just like, and even just like things like, on that note of like it being so violent and just like like you know god stoned the the homosexuals and so like we can't stone the homosexuals because we'll get arrested but like god would still approve of stoning the homosexuals and like having like stuff said like you know like if it you know this is the ideal world but because of the government like we can't do this anymore and it's just like Whoa, like, yeah, it's bizarre so up. thoughts, bizarre. Yeah.
1: or like, or like the that one verse where it talks about like children getting eaten by crows or something. Yes, picture rebe- like yeah. your eyes if they're rebellious, crows. yeah, <gasps> yeah. If the pastor would talk about that at church. <laughs> my dad used that, like, the Lord will yeah. out
0: your eyes with crows, uh huh. If you yeah. like disobey, like, you oh,
1: can- okay, I'll make sure I do my chores this week.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, on that note, I would say that the Bible was one of the reasons why my dad's argument started breaking down because I just realized that he had mm-hmm. a few specific verses that he used. And then there was like this whole other stuff in the Bible. And I'm like, well, what about this verse? What about this verse? What about this, one? What about yeah. this one. And it seems like the Bible says this a lot more than it says this. And it's just like, it just mm-hmm. like, started, like his arguments started like, yeah dissipating and then he didn't have answers when I would ask him about things and um, he he was the the pastor and so we'd have these like three hour long Sunday sermons of my dad just like preaching at us and one Sunday one time I asked him I was like you know we don't ever really talk about Jesus that much and there's a lot of stuff in the Bible about love so maybe would you ever want to do like a sermon about love and my dad was just like you can do it and then he just like walked away. And it was just kind of like, like, I mean, obviously, it wasn't actually suggesting that I actually <laughs> a about love, but it was just like, no. Nope. And it was just
1: <laughs> <not> too feminine. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly. Totally. <laughs> totally.
0: But it was like, we're gonna focus on these verses in the Bible, but mm-hmm. not these, while at the same time preaching about how pastors are terrible because they
1: cherry pick and they don't you know yeah right
0: uh, consider the whole the whole of scripture which is the
1: courtship thing yeah the courtship thing was like based on we like the story of abraham finding a wife for isaac or whatever was like this big story in my family of like how courtship should work Mm -hmm. and then it's like but then you ask questions like well abraham had like you know he had other women. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then you're he like his own. He prostituted his own wife. Yeah. How, like and then you're like <laughs> starting to think about like okay. And then and Solomon had a lot of wives and David had a lot of wives. Like mm-hmm. if we're following courtship rules, why aren't we following those rules too? Right. Like oh well, that God just ended that. It's like well, how do we know that? How do you know? We know that? And then if God
0: really didn't like it, like why didn't He
1: say something? Yeah. Like,
0: like why didn't He do something? About about it like oh it's like yeah. so
1: the contradictions are so obvious now but, and it yes. and it was then too but it was just like they're just explained away like or or they would say like that thought determining cliche of we just don't understand God because we have human minds
0: absolutely so we just go with it possibly understand the mind of God and
1: mm-hmm. and
0: I think just for listeners it, it, we probably need to make this clear that we grew up in this yeah these are our parents Right. So we're like biologically programmed <laughs> to think that our parents are trustworthy. Like mm-hmm. we don't have any reason to like doubt our parents who are right. teaching us these things. And it's all we've ever known. Like we haven't ever known a time when our parents weren't telling us what to think. and like Yeah telling us what to do. And so to start to have these things break down, it leads to like a very visceral like identity crisis mm-hmm. because you don't know who you are because you were never allowed to establish your own thoughts um, yeah. and your own behaviors. And yeah. you kind of have to learn those things like in the same developmental stages of just like, Even just learning how to interact with people and learning how to have conversations, learning how to have friends, learning how to like figure out what you believe. Like you're basically starting from scratch when you come out of these environments and, and a lot of people don't leave and I can't judge them for not leaving. It's, it's, it's a pretty Intense. intense world. It's a very intense world. It's a cult. It's a cult. Yeah. You may already know this, but The Uncertain Podcast is the affiliate podcast of Tears of Eden, a nonprofit that serves as a community and resource for survivors of spiritual abuse. This podcast and the work of Tears of Eden are supported by donations from generous listeners like you. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider giving a donation by using the link in the show notes or visiting tearsofeden.org support. You can also support the podcast by rating and leaving a review and sharing on social media. If you're not already following us, please follow us on Facebook at Tears of Eden and Instagram at Uncertain Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And now back to the show. Last one is emotion control. A lot of stuff is yep. <laughs> <laughs> the courtship one, like the the dating thing was was, was very yeah. powerful and not emotional. Like like to the point that I thought a crush was sinful. Mm-hmm. Like yes, if I yeah. had a crush on someone. That That's I was saying, I was having impure thoughts about mm-hmm. someone. It's like I didn't even know what sex was. So I was like, "How was it yeah, right? I be uh, my friend. Very little about <laughs> sex at that point. So like, uh, like how was it impure? But it was like any kind of like very strong emotional attachment to a guy was. Yeah was sinning. And I was like giving my heart away from that was supposed to belong to my husband and just like, but then it's emotion. So like, like we feel emotions involuntarily, like like that just happens. And it's to not have any quote unquote control over that. Like it instantly became, I am a bad person. Like I am Mm -hmm. a, you know, bad bad human for for having these emotions having these feelings having these yeah and it just kind of I kind of led to like a total suppression I think of emotions like I was a I was a very cerebral robotic mm-hmm. human being of mm-hmm. just because because it led to just like if I can't control them then I just need to shut them off, feel them
1: yeah I felt up. like really numb a lot like just trying to not feel things Because, you know, purity culture, there's all this emphasis on like sexual purity, but like in our families, it went to the extreme of like emotional purity. Like you can't have, you know, impure emotions before you're married or betrothed or whatever. And I did the same thing about crushes. I would like write about them in my diary. And then like the next day I'd be like, oh my goodness, I'm such a bad person. And I would go back with whiteout and white it all out. Like, Like, yeah,
0: guilty. Like, I don't want anyone to know about
1: this. Like it wasn't real. It didn't happen. Mm -hmm. You know, and it was just like, it's so, it's so fucked up.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I just remember being older with like friends and, and then they would talk about boys in this way of like, like, like crushing, like the, you know, yeah. you're a woman. Yeah. Have a crush. You like the guy, like, and you, like, they would like talk about it and I would never talk about it. And, and I would always like, kind of feel bad that I couldn't quite participate in the conversations the way they did. And, and if ever I did like start talking about a guy, it was like, everyone would just like sit, like, Oh God, I'm talking about a guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, but now I look back on that and it was like, because there was so much complexity wrapped up in just a simple crush mm-hmm. i couldn't separate that and so like it there was guilt and there was shame attached to having a crush on someone mm-hmm. and so like I couldn't just like you know let loose and just like oh he's cute and he did this and blah, blah 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 like I couldn't do that I would just I wasn't capable of doing that because of all of this like very very damaging emotions that were like wrapped up in just a simple crush right uh, it's very yeah it was a very different experience
1: yeah. <laughs> like, I had a courtship that ended. My dad ended it after, like, almost a year. I think or eight months. And the most of the time, I was getting in trouble for having too many emotions, yeah. like too uh, of having, being too attached emotionally, mm-hmm. just because I liked the guy, or I liked being around him. And then I would be having a good day, and then my father would be like, "Oh, like you are getting too attached." Like yeah you're ha- exactly it's like you're getting in trouble for being happy because that's not allowed until you're like committed to marriage and that's such a weird way to build a relationship i'm really glad that's not how i got married like the emotions will come later you know
0: oh <laughs> so sad for so many people who did get Married circumstances and had to just a lot of stuff that they had to work through. And um, some of them didn't last. I do remember also when you brought up like you're too attached, like this, always this feeling of like, like my dad wanted to be the center of our world. And so if we had something that we were really, really excited about, he could use that to take it away as, like, punishment or, like, to, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and he, and he did, and so I just remember, like, even excitement or happiness just, like, dampening it and, like, kind of, like, keeping a hold on it and, like, never wanting him to know how badly I wanted something or how stupid I was And, and kind of just, like, holding things, like, just like very loosely because they could just get taken away at any time. And like, and like I have as an adult in my thirties had to learn how to just have desires. Mm
1: -hmm. just like, that's okay. Yeah.
0: Just want this type of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't have to explain it. (laughs) I could just get the coffee.
1: (laughs) I feel like there's so much going on the, like, it's so much work to get out of that mindset because it's like, you think of sh- what should I do today, or what you know? Right. What am I supposed to do? Like, what's in the plan? What's in the predestination for me? Right. To today? Like and it's finding like
0: finding God's plan and aligning ourselves with
1: it. Yeah, and, and it's like if you, you do what go you go want, ahead. it's probably bad because you're mostly bad. And so, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, probably bad. you do what you want. It's probably bad. Yeah, exactly. Because you're, <laughs> you're bad. So like, most of the things you want to do are bad. That's how Us. I feel. Hmm. I don't know. Did your dad do like the love bombing thing where like, he was, he would be the one to like, give you affection or like give you presents and like, and then criticize you. (laughs) Yes.
0: Yes. Yes. Very. He was very, I mean, it kind of worked like on like seasons. And I, I believe my dad has a lot of personality disorders. So that's wrapped up in this too, but it was like, a season of like we were all in favor. And mm-hmm. he would like give us hundred dollar bills and take us on his yeah. and vacations and would go out to dinner yes. and get whatever you want. And then blacklisted, everyone's grounded. You're not allowed to go anywhere. You're not allowed to use your cell phone. You're not allowed to go on the internet. Like you're like boom, 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 mm-hmm. boom. And it was just like like and the and 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 then the love bombing would come after that out of like, kind of like the guilt, you know, that. And so, and then it was very much used, it was used as a, as a method of control because my, my parents were, were and are very wealthy. And so like, they were able to provide a lot of things that I was not able to provide for myself for a really, really, really long time financially wasn't able. And it was like, that was a hard thing to like, let go of. Uh, And I remember going back for my sister's wedding, not last summer, but the summer before. And and she's very enmeshed with my parents. (laughs) And so the reception was at my parents' house, which is a massive like mansion. And I brought a date with me and and I was like, she was just like, I want to see your house. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) okay. And so like, I like took her upstairs and I was like showing her. Like Uh just all of the rooms and all of the bedrooms and all of the bathrooms and just like this massive place. And I I remember feeling this like sense of just like pride of like, she knows I gave this up. Like she knows. Yeah. I gave all of this up. Mm -hmm. And like, I have no... Like just like show someone, look at what I sacrificed. Like look, at what, <laughs> look yeah. at what I gave up, and even just for myself, of like I walked away from this. I was able to walk away from this. Like this is like yeah. really nice lifestyle, yeah. and I was able to walk away.
1: Like you just, know how hard like, it is. you know how hard it is because you have nothing mm-hmm. when you leave it. You know, mm-hmm.
0: really do. Yeah, say more about the love bombing thing.
1: Well, I was just thinking about like the vacation thing. My dad would do the same. So because for a while we did have, I think he made enough money to take us on vacations and like take us out to dinner sometimes. And then he would use that later when, you know, we weren't following the rules perfectly or when I was trying to leave, it was like, well, I did all of that for you. I took you on vacations and I got, we took, went out to dinner and we had fun and we did all these things. It's like, that's true. But like, you also kept me from having a job and going to college and doing all these other things at the same time. Like both mm-hmm. can be true, mm-hmm. but but they're using that, those good times as like a proof of how good of a father I was. Yes. And it's like-
0: 100%.
1: Both are true. You can't erase harm by a vacation. <laughs> You
0: know. <laughs> make up for it yeah 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 I remember I again this was a little later I left my parents house when I was 26 and uh had a few times where I like went away and like went to Guatemala and went to language school and all that kind of stuff while I was still living with my parents I remember getting back from one of those trips and going to my parents like house and my dad like you know, like took me down to the, the boathouse and like opened the garage door, and it was new jet skis. And I remember like faking excitement, but yeah. my heart was sinking because it oh. was like another thing that is yeah. gonna get used yeah. against me. Another thing that's like, you're not grateful. Another thing that I have to take care of. Even though it's his and he bought it, <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: right? <laughs> like just like and I wor- he worked so hard for that, and can you understand yeah. how hard? he <laughs> uh, Yeah, and that's
0: the uh, an extreme mm-hmm. version of that, like benevolent yeah. sexism that we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. Of just like I'm giving you all these good gifts, like why are you not happy? Because my agency was yeah. because right. I didn't have a choice in this. I didn't
1: get to decide. Yeah. And it's like in on my experience, the vacations were always my dad's where my dad wanted where to go. Where he wanted to go.
0: Yep. And <laughs> like
1: the gifts were things my dad thought were cool, you know. Right. And in the dinner, we always went to his favorite restaurants. Mm-hmm. It's not like we asked for those things. It's not like I didn't enjoy going out to dinner, but it was just like this is dad's thing. And we're yes. we are blessed to be able to go along with it. <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't. It was not about us and like what we wanted, Mm -hmm. but we were still penalized if we were not grateful or excited or, or paid him back with accolades and time and yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty fucked up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So how just as a way to just kind of wrap up the episode, if, if you, if someone is like, you know, finding out for the first time, oh my gosh, that was like. That was what I experienced in my church or that's what I experienced growing up, or that's what my husband did to me, or or whatever. Where would you recommend someone start with the recovery process?
1: Oof. That's a big question because everyone's in a different place and it's difficult to recommend what to do because everyone's situation is so different. Mm-hmm. You know, like I left when I was 25. I don't know if I would have been able to do that five years earlier. You know, I had to get some money and some help, and it took a lot of time. I think like finding a way to connect with your voice is a good starting place, like your Mm -hmm. own sense of self, because like in these kinds of systems, like we talked about, you're cut off from who you are and your identity is wrapped up in the group or this relationship. And finding a way to, to connect with who you are at the core, I think mm-hmm. is a good way to get started of thinking of how to get to a healthier place, because yeah. ultimately you have to be the one to help yourself get out.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also think like, it's a different, if you are like in it versus out of it and like right. back on it, Yeah, um, so there's definitely like a difference depending on the circumstances that you're in. And I just I look back on like little little rebellions that I had in my in my family that I felt guilty about at the time. And now I look back on it and I was just like, I am so glad that I was a stubborn little badass. <laughs> I, was like, I was just like these books that I like wanted to read. And I would yeah. read them and then hide them under my mattress and then read them late at night. So that like my I didn't know that I was reading them or movies like Mona Lisa smile that I would like buy the DVD and I would watch on my own or going to a movie by myself so that nobody, you know, paying for it with cash, just in case. And so there was like no evidence when my parents would go out of town, going to the library and renting all of these movies that had, mm-hmm. uh, oh, heaven forbid, nudity or sex or <laughs> too much language or whatever. And just like watching, just like watching tons and tons of movies that I want, like having a list. And like when my mm-hmm. parents are out of town, go to the library, get all these movies, you know, like just, yeah. like, just like having desires and like, exposing myself to the things that I wanted and giving myself, you know, things that I wanted at the time. And then I think just on the other side of it of just like having just like times to just like sit with yourself and just like ask like I mean even just like as simple as like I think it was uh Jarette Bouillon from the I Got Out movement right. was about like she would go to a restaurant and she would order the first thing that sounded good. Just like kind of like train body like mm-hmm. you're allowed to have Desire.
1: You're and a desire decision. Make, yeah. Making that decision. You're
0: allowed to make a good decision. Yeah. yeah. And just like making it based on a desire, yeah. but you know, just like, and like, like kind of retraining or, or even not retraining because it was never trained to begin with <laughs> Right. <laughs> of just like giving your body permission to just feel and think and, and going to therapy for the first time was very overwhelming for about six months. Because it was like, I was so terrified that if I let myself feel, if mm-hmm. I like open that floodgate, that it would just not stop. It was like, yeah. I would never stop crying. I would never, yeah. start, I would start breaking things because I was so angry. And so it is, you know, having that, giving yourself patience and giving yourself time to just mm-hmm. like, like this was a very difficult thing and it's going to take
1: time. Just to allow. Feel feel your feelings and it's not bad to have feelings about it. And I think like you talked about testing the waters a little bit. Like if you think if I read this book or I watch this movie, it's like, I'm going to be punished or like, Mm -hmm. you're ready for that discipline. It's like testing it out and realizing, oh, I actually feel better after watching this. Or I feel like I'm getting, I'm opening my mind to other ideas. Like it's a good thing, not a bad thing. And yeah. trusting, trusting yourself that you can discern that you yes. don't have to have someone else to make that decision for you. Right. But it takes practice when you're like, I still feel like decisions are hard. Like they're exhausting, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Yeah. I would say emotions are probably my, my yeah. challenge of just like, I think like I was so good at controlling them. And then once I start allowing myself to feel them, if I ever am in a context where like, I mean, like there are appropriate emotions for certain contexts and that's okay. Like that's human and that's human interaction. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, if I'm like so angry and like, you know, at that, like, I need to punch something level, probably not good to like express that <laughs> to like a human being and like take it out on someone else. And so I, I, I will, you know, okay, not display this here, wait till I get home and I'm not going to hurt someone else to like, like address this. But even that feeling of like, this isn't an appropriate emotion for this context. I need to like show this with my therapist or show this with a safe friend or something like that. Even that just like will make me feel like I'm suppressing.
1: Mm -hmm. Which
0: will lead to just this exhaustion later Mm -hmm. because it just feels like suppressing. It's not, it's just human interaction, but it feels like I'm silencing myself and I'm shutting myself down. And, and that will be, that will just lead to just like exhaustion and, and sometimes can lead to like reactivation and like triggering because I feel silenced, even though it's not quite that situation. And I'm making the choice that right. I don't want to hurt somebody right now with this display of anger or whatever. It's, it's, it can feel that way a little bit. And so that's probably one of the places I'm still, still walking through.
1: <laughs> Maybe that's why we end up laughing when we're together. I know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> just, it's A relief, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone else had this experience too. <laughs> yeah. Because it's hard. Like when you share things that you see, you think are mild, like the mm-hmm. small things that happen. Because I don't usually share like the biggest things with people right. unless I'm really close to them. Mm-hmm. But I share like a mild story or something that I think is not a big deal, and then they're like their reactions, like "What happened to you?" And I'm like, "Oh, well, that was just like normal every day." Well,
0: that's just a very hey.
1: lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't understand.
0: I don't understand.
1: Yeah, so it's just like you're constantly being aware of how differently you grew up, or how different your world is now you know it's
0: hard yeah. yeah so then when you do get with someone who kind of like gets it it's like oh yeah. <laughs> I could just tell a story and they're gonna be like me too
1: <laughs> yeah it just like it's better I want to say too I think it definitely gets better I, oh, for I've sure. for like 10 years and I think I'm way happier and I'm starting to like feel things more and and be okay with that and mm-hmm you know, choosing things and in my life and making good decisions for myself, it's practice, but it's definitely worth it. Oh, it's
0: so worth it. And it get better too. Yeah. If you're just coming out of it, just realizing it, like it is, it gets better. It's hard, mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's way better than being in that system that controls you. Yeah. Uh, I remember living in a garage I had roaches oh. Um, oh. for about a year and I remember just being like this sucks yeah and then like but would I want to go back
1: no and like be yeah. under that
0: control and live in that mansion but be under that control other was hell no like right. I would rather be in a garage with roaches like mm-hmm. than be in that family and that's that was just like whoa it was bad right <laughs> it was like no thank you like mm-hmm. Do not want to have to deal with that ever again. But yeah, well, thanks for, thanks for sharing your story. I'm excited about your book coming in 2024, Yay. spring 2024, follow Kate on all of the socials and the sub stacks and everything. Watch for, watch for her book. And what you do, like you do address some of the, like the bite stuff you said. potentially. Yeah.
1: yeah I've written a little bit in my book about the bite model and more specifically about my own church and how it was used in the church or how authoritarianism was in, in our church. So yeah, to be continued when the book comes out.
0: Oh, very exciting. All right. All right. That's Thanks a wrap. For me. That was fun. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uncertain is the affiliate podcast of Tears of Eden, a community and resource for survivors of spiritual abuse. If you're enjoying this podcast, please consider making a donation by visiting tearsofeden.org support. All donations are tax deductible. Intro music featured in this episode is from the band Green Ashes. Before you go, please take a moment to like, subscribe, or leave a review. And don't forget to share this podcast show with everyone you know. I'm Catherine Spearing, and I'll see you next time.